I know. Hey, you're listening and watching the Mastermind in Your Pocket, the show where we bring experts from around the world to address your challenges and problems. Today we have McCall and Elizabeth in the studio. And me too. One more here. Uh, but here we are, and while I'm getting set up here, McCall, why don't you tell them who you are? Hi, guys. Um, I'm McCall. My company is Integrity Wellness, um, and I'll be I'll have been in business for ten years this July. So in a couple months, I'll be tenured. Wow. As a practitioner. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, that's an accomplishment. It's been a journey. Um, so I do functional nutrition, which means I'm not just holistic and I won't just throw an herb at it, but I'll actually think oh, no, find no. the root cause. Just, just go and do I'll it. find the root cause. Ignore these people. No, you're good. So I will find the root cause of chronic and stubborn health complaints. Um, and then we'll actually, we'll be very clear what natural uh, method or even conventional method is needed to actually address the root cause. So I'm a detective, um, and I also do emotional healing. So um, it's much different than conventional therapy, which is talk therapy, and it activates conscious parts of your brain. I actually get into the subconscious parts of your brain and resolve where the trauma, where the memories, and where the emotions are actually coming from. So we get results very quickly. and I'm going to be talking about some of that today. And I consult and teach healers and practitioners how to do what I do. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk today. Me too for you. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth Viserbi. I'm a certified sign language interpreter and a certified life coach. Um, I love working with parents, especially, and empowering them to just love every day, even while being a parent. Great. I'm Adam Tajuddin, the host of the Alta Perform show and owner of the company called Alta Perform. We help you with your marketing. And if you're stuck somewhere, we'll help you get unstuck. Or if you're in a jam with something specific, we can get you through it, whether it's anything from websites to business cards, brochures, you have an event coming up, we can get things done for you in a day or plan a marketing plan for you for the next year. Awesome. Very good. Um, okay, so I think I'm going to start today. Let me just pull up. I know, Adam, you're looking for So as we said, today is about um, dealing with anxiety and depression. And we're going to have McCall, our master nutritionist, start us out. Yep. I just wanted to pull up your guys' video in case you comment or have questions. Um, okay, so... I want to cover a lot today, Um, and the first thing that I want to cover is, you know, let's actually get to the cause of why. So we're going to be talking about some of the most common hidden underlying causes physiologically first for anxiety and depression. Um, And, you know, we find that, um, I'm just going to educate you, I'm just going to dive right in. So have you guys heard about the adrenals? So your adrenal glands sit on your kidneys. And they help regulate stress, like respond to stress, regulate sleep and mood, energy. They help regulate hormones. They're basically like the energy bunny for your body. So when your adrenals are tired, 
you probably aren't going to be able to heal in a lot of other ways. You won't have the energy to exercise. Yeah, yeah you'll be dependent upon stimulants. You know, <laughs> you will wake up really tired in the morning. You'll crash in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And you also might not be able to get to bed. You're kind of like the tired but wired thing. I see that a lot. Oh. Um, so all of that is a sign of adrenal um, issues. And there's a communication triangle that we talk about in functional medicine today more than adrenals. Your adrenals are one part of the triangle, and then it's the hypothalamus and pituitary, which are brain. So your brain and your adrenals communicate in this feedback loop. And even if you target your adrenals, so a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'm taking this adrenal supplement with ginseng in it or whatever. And they're just not getting the results. Like they still can't sleep. They're still too overstimulated, and they're not like, it's like a wired instead of a rest full refreshed, if that makes sense. So you may only be attacking one of the triangles and your brain might still be in this crazy wound up cycle. So if you actually um, do some research, it's called the HPA axis, hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal, HPA. Um, and there are ways to actually help that whole system calm down and address the adrenals. Um, so, you know, actually getting rid of stimulus and rid of like sugar and some of the stuff that makes you feel immediately better. There are actually herbs and, you know, different foods, sea salt, even taking up in your sea salt intake or drinking it in water in the morning. What? Will help. Minerals? Mm-hmm. Minerals. minerals. It's very healing and restorative for the adrenal bone broths and there's a lot you can do. So um, the HPA axis is probably off in most people. I do give a free consult, which I will do a full assessment on your adrenals um, and your brain. So if you have, if you're wondering if that's you, um, it'll just take 20 minutes for me to figure that out, and then you can, you know, know if how to address that. Um, the next part is your digestive system, and a lot of the neurochemicals and brain chemicals um, for your body, for your happiness, and um, that are anti-anxiety are made in your gut. So 90% of your serotonin is actually made in your gut. So most people try to give antidepressants for your brain. So uh-huh. serotonin is like a happy, yep. terrible, okay, so I'm thinking is it like the opposite of dopamine? But no, it's, it's also a, yep. okay. So there's serotonin and there's dopamine and there's, yeah, so there okay. is different neurochemicals. And typically the antidepressants that the medical community puts you on are number one for serotonin mm-hmm. and then sometimes for dopamine. Um, no, I've heard some antidepressants also work with adrenals. Yep, like they can there are some. Yep, mm-hmm. wow. absolutely. And mm-hmm. what's interesting about medications, and we'll get into that in a minute, but they always suppress or inhibit physiology. Mm-hmm. And it's in their name. It's a something suppressor, something inhibitor, mm-hmm. something blocker. And mm-hmm. especially, this is true, especially for um, psychotic, like mm-hmm. antidepressants. Yeah, so you don't, if you think about that, you're not necessarily, that might be a great band-aid that you absolutely need. You know, mm-hmm. don't, right. depression is serious. Don't ignore it. Don't try to deal with it naturally. Make sure you have somebody supporting you. Take your meds. I'm not telling you not to. <laughs> but there are root causes that if you actually work with a practitioner who knows how to support your body, Typically, you restore the function, and you don't need the meds, and your own doctor will tell you, it's too much. Let's decrease the dose. Let's get you off. So work with your doctor. Do what they say, um, but I'm educating you. 
So inside your gut also is the main source for inflammation. A lot of people have hidden gut infections. That's candida, yeast, bacteria, very common. I would suspect almost everybody has it if they haven't addressed it. I cleanse my gut once or twice a year um, at minimum because we just get exposed to these things and we get stressed out. And How do you do that? Um, so I find what specific herb I need, but there are formulas out there that are anti-yeast and anti-candida. Mm. Um, is that kind of like people should contact you for more details or, or Google it, or is that another topic um, for another day? Or like, I don't probably, want you to go too far down that road unless you want to. Probably another topic for another day, okay. but there are simple things like, you know, garlic or oregano, or there's silver, or there's, you know, products like Candex that have enzymes that break apart the yeast. Um, I use professional grade supplements that are only available to practitioners because they're so, they're much more concentrated. They're highly effective. But even in the store, in the grocery store, if you go and say, what's an anti-yeast formula, they will actually put together the formulas for you. Um, I mean, like a store, like a yeah, store? say like, is there anything that fights bacteria? And are you suggesting people that there's one that's pretty much good for everybody? Like, just there's a gut cleanser that's for everybody. Oh, I get that. I, so I individualize everything. Right. Um, that's true. Like, so, you don't want people to just go and get well, yeast killers well, and she, start on them, right? Right. Well, she mentioned two things. She said that she uh, also she checks it. But other people sometimes just do a cleanse, like a master okay, cleanse, yeah, yeah. or yep, a like master bacteria cleanse. cleanse, or whatever. Yep. So yeah, okay. she's saying you have both choices. She's saying you don't have to go and get it checked, but I you do could that. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. Okay. And make sure you're taking antibacterials, anti-yeast, you know. And if you want to know what's good for you, I can tell you in 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> right. But there are formulas specifically designed for that. Um, you know, and there's websites online like. How do you do, you know, how do you kill yeast, you know, and they'll re recommend some of the top ones for you, like candida.com or whatever. Um, so your gut is really critical, not only for, you know, um, making the brain chemicals that fight depression and anxiety, um, but they also produce inflammation. Inflammation is a huge source of depression and anxiety. Some practitioners in some studies, you could actually go so far to say that depression isn't a neurochemical problem. Depression is actually an allergy, or depression is an inflammation of the brain. So if you decrease the inflammation, then the brain's happy again. Um, so I actually noticed that, and Heber, my husband, notices that, that when we eat what we're not supposed to eat, like we figured out that we react to certain foods, um, we notice that food we get depressed and I get anxiety. He gets depressed, I get anxiety. So sometimes it's inflammation. So, you know, there's very physical, real causes that it's not all in your head. Maybe it is, but it's physical, <laughs> right? It's not just a mental thing that you, you know, you don't know why you can't willpower through anxiety or willpower through depression. And for family members and friends, you can't willpower through anxiety and depression. It's not a mental thing. You can say that again, power? You, you can't always willpower. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't give people with anxiety and depression understanding. Right. Like, yeah, no. yeah. Get over Get it. Get over it. Stuff it out. That's yeah. his life. I feel both things, too. It's like well, You're saying you can't always, but you can sometimes, too. Right. So what I would say is, for friends and family, have understanding. They also need to get that there's a physiological component that sets a person up 
to be depressed or anxious. And it's not a matter of willpower. That has nothing to do with the physiology. Mm-hmm. So the better thing would be, have you, you know, for my, our audience today, there's a root cause. It's more than just going to antidepressants. There's a lot of options. And when we get to the root cause, it provides a lot of understanding and we can actually set the body up to disappear anxiety and depression forever. So I would say instead of, you know, jumping to a willpower conversation, because there's a lot of misperceptions like, oh, you're weak, or there's just judgments around it. Don't be whiny about it. Yes, you. (laughs) You know, instead of like getting, no, like physiologically, there's no way for this person to get out of it. Sometimes that is the case. Now, there's tools we're going to talk about today. You are, and I think you're going to talk about But you're going to talk about about shifting physiology, aren't you? Exactly. It's physiological. You shift the physiology, you have a different result. Exactly. And once you understand, there is a way to shift how you interact with it. If I am depressed and there's no way out of it because my brain chemistry, my body physiology is set to be depressed, there is a way, and you'll cover this, to not... um, there's a way to interact with that depression as an experience instead of being so overwhelmed by it. So that's very important too. That's not. So she'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> but there is a root cause. Um, nutrient deficiencies are huge. So your gut is also responsible for absorbing certain nutrients. If you're not digesting your protein, you are not um, breaking down the building blocks, the amino acids, and those are the building blocks for your brain chemicals. So if you don't have enough building blocks for your chemicals, you're not going to make enough, and you're going to experience depression and anxiety. So um, one of the ways that I tell, by the way, if you have any digestive complaints, gas, bloating, um, you know, loose stools, alternating. I don't think we could say that on air. <laughs> I talk about poop every day. Yeah. I have people send me pictures of their poop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it tells you a lot. If, by the way, your poop poop is streaking the toilet, if it takes a lot of toilet paper, if your poop is floating, if it's not dark brown, you know, there's signs that you're not digesting. Also, there's a line in your tongue. I actually have it right now. Mm-hmm. It's a vertical line. That's a sign that you don't have enough stomach acid in your body to digest your protein. So there's a lot of signs. Wait, you mean it just goes away when you balance it out? Yes. Oh. Yep. Because those cells actually repair. Wow. So um, there are a bunch of signs, and we can actually tell if you're digesting and absorbing your proteins and other nutrients. So magnesium is important. Vitamin D is important. Um, omegas are important for anxiety and depression. And a lot of times these are B vitamins. A lot of times these are deficient in individuals that struggle with this. So once we find that deficiency, that is the cure or the medicine, right, that you would need. So um, I'm not saying we can cure anything. Of course not. These are just personal experiences. These are just personal, my personal experiences and some education on the topic. Talk to your doctors. Okay. So um, part of what causes inflammation is autoimmunity. Or, and sometimes people don't know that they have an autoimmune condition. But, you know, if people are getting sick constantly or they have mysterious health issues or pain that hasn't been diagnosed, it might be autoimmune. Um, and you, we can address that. Um, it's perfect, but it, but it shows there and it shows there. Oh, God. That's why. Oh. You, everyone's wondering, what is that I'm doing? I'm trying to get it just right, but I'm doing that. But, but keep That's going. right. Okay, yeah. keep going. 
So um, we talked about infections, even chronic viruses, like if you had recurring mono as a teenager or in high school, which is common, or you had your tonsils out, or you got the herpes virus and you get breakouts often, um, you know, or recurring strep or something like that. Those are signs that, you know, when you got bit by a tick, those, even though they might not, you might not feel sick, it can actually express as anxiety and depression. So we're looking for triggers, inflammatory triggers. Blood sugar is huge. So your brain runs on glucose. And when your blood sugar is low, it's like your brain doesn't have the fuel it needs and it won't make um, it won't make the neurochemicals, you know, and it can contribute to depression and anxiety. Um, especially for anxiety, when your blood sugar drops too low, um, you produce adrenaline. Is that, is so that... it wears out your adrenals, <laughs> first of all. Um, and second of all, the adrenaline, if you think about anxiety, it's totally, mm. it can be an adrenaline problem. Yeah. So eat protein and fat every three hours with a fruit or vegetable, but I always make sure I'm eating something with protein or fat in it. And I do set an alarm for three hours. Most people with these problems don't get hunger cues. Mm. Your body has lost the ability to ascertain mm. when you're hungry. Really? So then you go too long without eating until you crash. And then you're hangry. And then you're hangry. Mm. Yeah, I've had that experience. Yes. <laughs> I just brought in um, chocolate almonds today into the studio. But so I'm thinking fat and protein. I mean, there you go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, try to keep it low on the sugar. Um, I did have several. <laughs> so uh, sugar. Yeah, she, had, she actually like, pushed me out of the way to grab them. No, uh, by the way, sugar, so you will typically want to gravitate towards foods for the quick fix. So when you're hangry, you crave carbs and you crave sugars and it spikes. So boom, there is your blood sugar way too much, you know, way too high. And then you crash. There's your blood sugar way too low. So um, really sustain that every three hours, set an alarm and just start being present to, oh my gosh, am I really waiting six or seven hours before eating? Probably you, you probably are. <laughs> so make sure you just have a snack and make sure you keep your blood sugar very stable. And within weeks, you should know a difference. So when my blood sugar crashes now, I think I get away with it. What? I can. I think that I can get away oh. with not managing my blood sugar because mm. there's not an immediate thing. Like yeah. It's not an immediate yeah. symptom. And then two to three weeks later, I'm flared up. I have anxiety mm. and I'm depressed. But actually, like for me... I don't notice an immediate day by day. It actually takes like one to two weeks of managing or not managing before I feel stabilized. And if you think about it, that allows your brain to actually catch up with production. So that could be could that be said like you take care of yourself so good that your cells are well maintained, but when you let it go, they slowly get depleted over time. Yeah. So you might be like, There's no difference if I manage no, or don't manage my blood sugar. There is. And you might not notice it because you it might take three weeks for your brain to actually start producing those chemicals again and come out of starvation mode or come out of, you know, mm -hmm. the impacts of a mismanaged blood sugar situation. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go set an alarm on my phone as soon as our show's yeah. over. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Every three hours. So I go by the clock because I still don't always have hunger. Um, and then when, when your adrenaline kicks in, or if you do drink coffee or other stimulants, it's going to you're not going to be present to hunger because it actually, you're not waiting until you're hungry. Well, yeah, exactly. like, like coffee is known to be an uh, anti or a suppressant. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
suppressant. Adrenals, so the adrenals help regulate the blood sugar so you're not present to the crashes. So, yeah. so when you came early, sometimes I don't eat before the show. I just apple, banana, or something, right? Mm-hmm. But when you came early, I was eating. I was like, no, I have to make sure I eat. Yep. Because I want to have that yep. balance. Right? And mood has a direct impact. Your ability to process life and information mm-hmm. totally connected to blood sugar. I like notice it now. If my clients haven't eaten and we start an appointment, I tell them, take five minutes, go get a snack. Because you're not going mm-hmm. to process this appointment and the information and the education. You know, if you're going to get body work like a massage, eat first. Because your brain can't remember being fixed. Like they're working on your muscles and they're communicating with your brain to, you know, get muscles to relax and your body to be in alignment. If your blood sugar's low, it won't last. So I tell chiropractors, make sure your clients eat before they come to you because the adjustments will hold better. If you're learning your uh, long-term memory, short-term memory recall, like whatever you're learning, you won't learn as effectively. So it's really a big deal to manage blood sugar. Um, Hormone issues. So women, if you have issues with your cycle, it's common but not normal. You really shouldn't have PMS. You shouldn't have pain. You know, I mean, barely a cramp there, barely a cramp here. You should basically know that you're bleeding once a month, and that's the sign that you're on your period. Um, So hormone issues like that are huge. If women have uh, facial hair or um, what are other signs, like PCOS, signs of PCOS, um, I don't know. Oh, sorry. Sorry, thank you. Polycystic ovaries. So if you know you have, like, endometriosis or PCOS, that's actually a blood sugar problem. It don't. It's not normal. It can be addressed. So don't. That could actually be feeding anxiety and depression. Okay. It's regulating hormones. Um, and for men, if you've got man boobs, if you've got, you know, the lower belly patch, <laughs> you know, there's certain signs and guys, you know, because you're insecure about it, um, <laughs> that's hormonal, and we can address it. And that could actually be the only thing feeding anxiety and depression for you. Mm. Um, sleep. If you have sleep issues, don't uh, don't settle. <laughs> we got to fix those, because that in and of itself can cause all of it. Um, and food sensitivities, which I have found in every single one of my clients, a lot, like everyone, right? A hundred percent of people that walk through my door um, that don't think they react to any foods and they have anxiety and depression, reacting to something in their diet. It's probably the thing that well, they crave. Well, if the gut, like you said, makes all those, mm-hmm. you know, mood-regulating brain chemicals, then it really makes sense that anxiety and depression are tied into it. Yep. How our gut is dealing with our food plus what we're eating. Totally. Yep. Yep, so then the food sensitivities cause inflammation or hyperactivity in the brain, ADD, ADHD. Can I make a little nerdy comment right now? Yeah. So I just learned that we've actually discovered neurons, brain cells, in the gut. Mm. Yep. What? Yep. And your brain and your gut have a feedback loop, too. Mm-hmm. Well, neurons are like, they're connected with like this big, long string, mm-hmm. one to the other. Mm-hmm. So if there's neurons in your gut, they are physically connected to your brain. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, yep, and well, certain times there's actually a whole book written on the study of this, but it's called the second brain. Your gut really is the second mm-hmm. brain. And I would say it's more your brain than your brain. Your brain. <laughs> you know, in terms of these issues, it's brain depression. issues. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yep. And yeah. if you think about, you know, when you get a concussion, people get like acid reflex and gut issues. 
There's a direct, oh, really? yeah, there's mm. a direct correlation mm. between the brain health and the gut health. Really if you have leaky gut, um, which there's intestinal damage, mm-hmm. which just about everybody that I see, they actually have leaky gut because mm. um, it's so common today. And um, if you have a leaky gut, you have a leaky brain. So they very much all go together. Your yeah. brain and your gut are like why the same. It, why do you think it's so common having a leaky gut? Because um, of the underlying causes. The stress, hormone mm-hmm. issues, food sensitivities, antibiotics, which we've pretty much all taken. Pregnancy even causes leaky gut by design. Painkillers um, are designed to cause leaky gut so the painkiller can be absorbed faster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've all been exposed to those. Infections, you know, um, all of those are leaky causes of leaky gut. The standard American diet, inflammatory foods, like everything you eat, sugar or gluten, refined sugar <laughs> or gluten or GMOs, it attacks the gut. And even in healthy foods like beans and nuts and legumes, like they contain things that can actually damage the gut. So I actually take myself off of those my, for my two times a year. I pull all those out and I make sure that my gut is, is healed. Cool. So um, conventional meds. Okay, so let me just recap. There's underlying causes that we actually know they're easy to find once for us, once we know how to find them. I can probably figure you out in 20 minutes um, and kind of put you on a path that's going to address whatever those root causes are for you. Um, so have an understanding that it's a sensation in your body, depression and anxiety are sensations, and there's a physiology, and it's something that you have, just like I have this phone, I'm experiencing it, um, and there, we can actually solve the problem. So conventional medicines typically prescribe medication, yes, antidepressants, like, and everybody knows that. Well, you're depressed, you take antidepressants, or you have anxiety, you go on meds. Um, so I want to describe how the most common form of those work. Um, so reuptake inhibitors, like SSRIs is a reuptake inhibitor. Um, so let's look at that. So if this is one neuron, nerve cell, and this is another one, there's always a gap in between them. And how these typically communicate is one cell will release a bunch of molecules, and on this cell, on both cells, there are receptors. So their receptors work like locks and keys. So only the right thing can fit in the right receptor and then get the cell the message, okay? So the normal process is it releases the molecules, it hits the receptors, it gets the message, it tells your brain, got it, thank you. I got the message. And then you reuptake all of those chemicals so that they're not continuing to stimulate oh, the nerves. Great. So if it continues to stimulate the nerve, can't you see how damaging that would be? The receptors would get tired or burnt out or broken. Um, they would actually, and your brain doesn't let that happen. So if you don't reuptake those chemicals, your brain's probably going to, like, numb it down. It does. It says stop producing any. Uh, so stop making them, stop releasing them, and it tells the receptors, hide. Okay. So the receptors actually hide in the cell. So now this cell only has, you know, one instead of ten receptors because we, you're not, it's not going to have constant stimulation too much. It's like if I were to say, hey, Elizabeth, 
Hey, wake up. Oh, yeah. I right? have some little children. Hey, wake up. Hey, wake up. Hey, wake up. Hey, wake up. <laughs> now, what if that was all day long? It is. It is all day long. It was like there. Yes. Stop it. Or you just be numb to it. I have to set boundaries and shut the door. You're like, you know, you've got yeah. to hang out in your room for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, like the kids. Yeah. The kids. It's like the, yeah, the kids. Yeah. The kids, right? Because totally. you have to shut off the stimulation or it gets, yeah. like, crazy. So what happens with a reuptake inhibitor? It can't take back the chemicals, and so then you're constantly mm-hmm. hammering your receptors. Yep, which is why most people have to up their dose over time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so it works in the short term, but it's actually damaging. Short term, your, you mean over like 10, 20 years? Or five years? I would get people off as soon as possible because you are what's damaging. Your, what's your experience? What happens at the end of that cycle? Um, people, their depression is unmanaged. And their meds don't work anymore. Mm. And that's why they switch them to something else? Yep, they might switch them, but you've already damaged the receptors. Mm. So nothing's going to work. You're basically, anytime you pop that pill, you are damaging your brain chemistry. And this is science, right? Yeah. Science. This is physiology. Mm. So in functional and Again, medicine, we're not saying don't take your meds. Yep, so what you want to do, but that's how it works. Right. And right. it's when people yeah. understand that, they're like, oh, okay, so what's the plan? Well, you know, what I do is I actually assess which neurotransmitter is off or if it's even a neurotransmitter. If you notice, most of what I talked about was not even the brain chemical. None of what I said before was neurotransmitters. It was actually what is impacting the neurotransmitters. So when we solve the problem, um, the brain chemistry is actually restored. The nutrition that I provide restores receptor site sensitivity. So even if you have low levels, your receptors are going to be working so good that it's going to eat up everything that's there. And then it gives you the building block. So you actually make more of the neurotransmitter. And then it's going to promote the release of the neurotransmitter at the proper time. So what, uh, so I've, what I've seen is that cause I've dealt with a lot of doctors over the past couple of years mm-hmm. uh, for my parents. Sure. Dealt with a lot of doctors. But uh, they don't speak anything like this. They yep. just prescribe meds. Exactly. They prescribe the next med. Yep. And if something isn't working, like my mom's dealing with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. make, give her uh, stronger meds. Is she taking her meds? I'm like, yeah. Yep. But it's, it, it's maybe kind of working, but I think actually her watching her diet mm-hmm. and watching her diabetes is actually helping her more. Yep, they actually say blood sugar. She still, she still does some of the things that she did before, and they ask and they up the dosage. Yep. And well, over also, 50% of health conditions are actually misdiagnosed, but it's according to physiology. Like, um, no slam on doctors. I've sat in functional medicine trainings next to medical doctors. And in this particular case, we were, it was a mastering the thyroid workshop where mm-hmm. we were learning the ins and out of thyroid function, like to the nth degree. So it was at the beginning, you know, we were drawing out like in kindergarten the physiology. So here's your thyroid and here's your brain and like what are the 10 steps and like, you know, we were just drawing it out. We were copying the guy. And this medical doctor, old, older guy, probably 60s maybe. Um, looked at me and was just like, isn't this so great? God, we didn't learn this in medical school. And I just looked at him. I was like, what did you learn in medical school? And they were like, we learned the blood test, what numbers to test, what medication to prescribe. 
So a lot of people have this conception that you go to medical school, you spend eight years, you blah, blah, blah. Mm. You've got to get that it's the model. It's the model. It's the approach that's different. So um, I totally respect medical doctors, and I work in tandem with them, but they're not going to look at the physiology. They weren't even taught that always. Um, and they're not going to look at how to fix the root cause because that's not in their scope of practice. And the insurance companies will have nothing to do with them. In fact, most medical doctors will be completely screwed financially if they choose to take a, a holistic model. Um, and God bless the ones who've gotten out of conventional and learned functional, a functional model. Um, and some of them have said, I wish I could do that. And I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. in debt. Mm-hmm. I have to practice. Conventionally, mm, I have to practice. That's interesting. Yep. Well, it's also, it's, also the it's also the norm. It's also the norm. It's like anything else is so crazy. Now, what I have seen is that uh, they have prescribed my dad omega-3s. They have awesome. prescribed him melatonin. Prescribed sure. by giving zinc, uh, multivitamins. So there are some things in there. Yep. But we probably should, uh, if you want to say something in closing, then we probably should move on to those. Yep. So, um... Anyway, thanks for allowing me to talk about that. I do have one more thing in closing. Um, But this is the education. This is why I do what I do, because people don't know this, and their lives are depending upon it. Mm -hmm. It makes such a difference. So as much education as I can provide and everybody else can provide, like, do you know what antidepressants are doing? Has anybody told you why you're depressed? That's what I say. Has anybody Mm -hmm. told you why? Most like, they're like, no. I didn't even, like, no. You know, that's the question. Find out why. There's always a why. Um, So the other thing in closing is looking more at your brain from an emotional perception standpoint. Um, Where do these emotions actually come from? So there's your conscious part of your brain that deals with your awareness. Senses, thoughts, emotions, our point of view, like whatever I see, whatever I think, and whatever I feel. Okay? And that's only 10% of what's actually driving everything. 10% what's actually driving everything is the subconscious part of the brain that you're not aware of. Those are your past memories, past things you aren't thinking of, your physiology that you're not aware of or responsible for, like that you know that you're responsible for, Um, your personality, your perceptions. So we see, think, and feel the way we do, but that's not the truth. It's actually coming from something that's in the subconscious. And our subconscious gives us everything we experience consciously. So if you're having a repeating issue, like, you know, well, I do my, I do my affirmations, or I keep letting this emotion go, or I'm doing really good about it, you know, or people who are really stuck are like, I can't battle my depression anymore. It's really bad. I am totally overcome by my anxiety attacks. It's really bad. That's actually coming from a place in the subconscious, and that's where we want to get to. So I drew out a little chart. I don't know if everybody can see this, that's but um, our belief, it was upside down, <laughs> our belief, which are stored in a part of our brain like a library, they're set by age six. So all of our experiences of us trying to figure out who we are and how to live life and how to survive, all of those are beliefs we have about ourselves. Now, it's my experience that everybody I've worked with has negative beliefs. We don't believe we're successful, lovable, because we don't feel that way unconditionally. We don't believe we're in control of our life because we don't feel that way. We feel victim to circumstance. Um, we don't feel like we're trustworthy or we can trust 
other people. We don't feel like we're lovable or acceptable or valuable. All of those are beliefs. Our beliefs create and stimulate emotions, which are neurochemicals, and that's an automatic process that you are not in control of. So the emotions that you feel are not you. They're not what you're thinking. They're an automatic thing that your brain is producing. So we've got to get to that core belief and where that's stemming from in the subconscious and where that's rooted inside of your history to actually shift this. When we switch a belief, it will immediately change how something occurs, past, present, and future, and it will be forever because of, this is a permanent uh, system inside of the brain. So our emotions are what give us our thoughts, which are physical. It's a physiological process. Automatic, you're not in control. So you have, let's say, 90%, right? Because I know I can control some of my thoughts, but I get what you're saying, that, like, most of them are automatic. Yeah, you know the always already listening? Mm -hmm. So there's something in your brain that is your brain that is always already listening and commenting on everything. Mm -hmm. And it's always present. What is that? Um, I would say it's, it's inside of your reticular activating system, mm -hmm. which is already right. in your brain. <laughs> And your amygdala is involved, your hippocampus is involved, your hypothalamus is involved. These are physical parts in your brain that produce mm. chemicals and thought processes. So, so what's that different from, like, you could argue, I'm not arguing, but you could yeah. argue that's your personality, but then there's also you that wants to do other things than what you're hearing. Exactly. Or sometimes you go with what you're hearing. Like, yes. Ah! So when you become the observer, when you understand this mechanism in your brain, you no longer are stuck in I'm depressed. You see it like it's, well, there's depression. I wonder what that's about. Wow. And what am I committed to today? And it actually can disappear the depression and the emotions moment by moment, which is something Adam has been advertising, that you can actually control your emotions second by second. And you really can. So it, being, it takes conscious thought, and it, if I can interject, yeah. it's painful. Like it can show up as it's painful mm -hmm. because you're like, I want to wrap the show up, right? Uh -huh. And but you're like, it's okay, just you know, let go that it has to look a certain way. Just be with it. Right. And, and you know, you, you like, like or or whatever, or like, hey, someone's upset at you. It's okay. You don't have to react the way you're. You want to react. You can actually like, okay, I hear that. You know, I don't really, this isn't the time I can talk to you right now. Yep. Let me call you back. Yeah. So if you're not in control of your emotions and you know who you are, because, right, normal human beings, we're not taught this in school. We're not taught this growing up. If you have not been trained and you don't have a coach to teach you the tools, you don't know how to do what we're talking about. And it's going to occur to your brain like that's not possible because of your belief system. So just being communication, get a coach. That's really powerful. So from our thoughts, we create a way of being. This is where we respond. If I feel attacked, I can only be submissive, defensive, aggressive. There's no other possibilities. Submissive, defensive, aggressive. Okay, I'm with you. So for me to think that I can just be some other way other than what I'm seeing, thinking, thinking and feeling, that doesn't last. And from our being, we create behaviors. So if I'm being, you know, protective, there's no loving, generous, successful, nothing else is in the scope of my brain but defend. It kills off all other possibilities of behavior. 
So I just wanted to educate, like, this is the loop your life is in, and if we can get to that core belief and switch that, and it's a belief about you, you is it an I'm not good enough conversation? Start actually writing down and journaling, not just the emotion, I'm depressed, but what's actually going on deeper? Why am I depressed? When does depression show up for me? Oh my gosh, I feel like a screw up. I feel like a failure. I feel like this. I feel like that. Then you'll actually know what conversation you're dealing with instead of just, you know, being stuck by the surface level. I don't know how to get rid of depression. Does that make sense? Yeah. So go deeper yeah. and actually yeah. look into it. Why? Because it's a guide. Our emotions are very powerful and there are signals. There are signals to we're not getting something we're committed to in life and we're not willing to settle. It's a very powerful, positive, good thing to alert you that something is not what you really want it to be in life for anxiety and depression. So anyway, thank you. It's, and it's not just talk therapy. You can't talk this stuff out. You've got to get to the subconscious roots. And how I do that is I do cross-lateral exercises. I actually stimulate the part of the brain that's subconscious so that it can rewire the brain um, because your brain will kick out anything that doesn't approve those beliefs after 72 hours, after yeah. age six. So, yeah, if I, if I take anything conscious and I'm just talking about it or I'm going yeah. to therapy, those beliefs are set by age six. After age six, there's no changing your mind. I do it now. I know how. But there's no consciously changing your okay. mind. So okay. you you're going to counseling. Yeah. Counseling for okay. 10 years, even conscious coaching. we got to get deeper into the subconscious route. So that's a method that but I provide. But you're not saying that after the age of six, you can't learn or make a new decision or touch the stove and it's hot and decide not to do that again. Um, what I'm saying is your beliefs are sealed. And unless if you have the tool to shift those, which there's only one technique I know that actually does it completely, and there's two and a half others that kind of do it, but not really, um, out of everything in the world <laughs> that I know about right now, there's only one technique that actually gets to the root and neurologically shifts it. So it's a very specific way that we have to rewire our brain, and it won't just be rewired. Mm. So unless cool. if you have this really amazing, huge, life-altering experience where you discovered something so new for yourself, like gravity or hot or, you know, it literally like your world flipped upside down or something, yeah. then that might be enough to shift some subconscious things, but it's not going to address the root belief about ourselves. Cool. So if okay. you could leave the just kind of look look at our time we only have about two minutes okay okay perfect perfect okay and then i will provide um a blog um post in detail about this um i can't um so i will create a blog post for this in detail at elizabeththeinterpreter.com but i'm addressing more the practical side of experiencing depression so Number one is going to be, I, I've got three points I want you to consider. One is you are not your depression. This kind of, I'm t borrowing a quote from Prince EA. That's a YouTube channel um, person. He's brilliant. But the point is you're experiencing depression. It's not who you are. And when you are able to disconnect those concepts and really get, oh, I'm experiencing depression, like McCall said, now you're the observer, and it makes a massive difference in how you can react and deal with it and have your life work. 
So number one, accept your experience and you are not depressed. Number two, don't give up finding a resolution. Just don't just have it that you know what? I haven't found one yet. I haven't found an answer yet. I haven't I don't feel better yet. And that gives space for you to find something new. Number three, you can learn to keep living, keep making a difference in the world, and keep doing what you're committed to while experiencing depression. Mm. So it's about that that part of it is like learning effective coping skills. Really um, possibly working with a support person or a coach or a group where you get to have structures in place that empower what really matters to you, even while you're experiencing depression. So those three points are really practically dealing with depression kind of from the conscious perspective or what we do realize and think. And I'll either talk about this more in detail at a future show, and I'm going to put a detailed blog post up on my website so you can read more about it. What's your website? ElizabethTheInterpreter.com. And if you just scroll down, you'll see a little blog post. It'll be the second one. Thank you guys for listening and watching the Mastermind in Your Pocket show, where we bring experts around the world and bring them to you. Uh, We won't be on next week, but keep your eyes and ears open for our next show. Catch you guys later. Thanks. See ya. Okay. I did not, it's not feel that long to me. I'm going going there we go. I'm sorry, Adam, you didn't get a go. Yeah, because we pretty much did exactly what we said we weren't going to do. Yeah. Well, let's clean that up because that was not what we intended to do. Yep. Like, oh, you don't like the way we plan the show? We're just going to run you over. Yeah. And I'm used to having an hour, not 45 minutes, too. So that's me in my yeah, time clock. I know I was shocked when I saw it was 12 before. I was like, whoa. I know, but it's, where I'm coming from is I tell you, like, I'm triggered. So I don't know if we should talk. Okay. I'm worse okay. than probably you were yesterday. There's too much. Sure. But I say stuff, and sometimes you guys don't care me. I told you it wasn't enough time. Right. And you need an hour, especially when you're giving a presentation. I tried to. Right. But because of everything we've talked about, I don't want to push. I don't sure. want to override you. Yeah. So I feel like a, like whatever's going on for me is like I feel like I've lost my balls and I have to sit oh, there. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to do an interview show unless we're doing an interview right. show. Yeah, right. Like, no, that's right. okay. Yeah. We can highlight people. Create something. Yep. But that's what I was trying to say, and so I don't know what to do with it. So. No, I got all that. And that's okay. Well, and for me too, I was willing because normally we would have until 12:30. We'd still have 15 minutes. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I'm like, my time clock yeah. is still the like that went like, really fast. How does Chris mean exactly? Hey, it doesn't matter. You want to do Right. Right. And that's why I said that. I want to acknowledge that's not what I'm committed to. Yeah. That's not what I'm committed. And but it happened. Really- but that that's is exactly what we, what we caused. Exactly. That's what we just caused. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. You, you didn't need to go because I wanted to be committed to the Right. Yeah. Oh, that's not my phone. I keep wanting to check the time. Okay. So. 17. Okay. So I have like two or three minutes. So. Yep. And this, the Facebook phone died. I know I was so low for wrong activity. It's not as loose. I'm sorry about that. I started over getting 
We have it all, we have on YouTube and Instagram. So. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, great. So next time let's just have, well, what works for me, what I would like to do, is to just, when we're having a time frame, to have a little timer that may not even be yeah. there. I can see it. Oh, I've got two minutes left. Oh, I've got 30 seconds left, et cetera. Yep. You know, and let's just do that so that we don't, we, we manage our pacing. Yep, totally. You know, oh, I'm I, I try to do that. I know you even said, can you wrap I it up? And I was like, oh, I'll just, this will yeah. be like two minutes, yeah. and then it's never. It's ten oh, yeah. So wow. Ten minutes, Holy cow. Okay. So uh, we can, what we can do is get a tiny a clock. A clock. They have yeah. Clock. yeah. Clock. But the, or a regular clock, too. The yeah. only problem with that is, Sometimes you are looking at the clock and it freaks them out. You have to practice to get them. I'm good. Sure. Okay. The clock. Does it make you nervous? No. Does it make no, you nervous? No, no, no. Okay. I want you to hear this. Yeah. And take it. Yep. The experience is yeah. when you're speaking and you're fine looking at the clock, but when you're doing it, the experience you just have with the 10 minutes right. is exactly what happens with the clock. Um, you have okay. to practice it and train. Right. Okay. To actually so get like, I only have this much time, and then sometimes you all. Oh, you get lost. You got done. You're training right. your presentations like this. Yeah. So just mm -hmm. it'll take practice. It won't be like a. It could be. I'm open. Like yeah, boom, I got it. But, but you're saying be aware. Experiences, even professional speakers will like. Oh, you can hear them. They even say, Oh, well, I did that fast. I'm done. So any questions? They yeah. do that sometimes. They're looking at the oh, clock. Oh, right. So it happens. Yeah. You need, you need to get Caught that. Do we want to call while we're on our drive? So I can. I can. Home, I can. I'd rather not. I need to. I need to. Okay. Okay. Be, be with my phone. <laughs> okay. We'll talk Thursday then. Yep. Okay. That was not intentional.
I don't want to be. Hi, Mom. How are things? How are you? Yeah, I saw that. Dad okay? He's just resting? Okay. Dad's okay though? Dad is okay? Yeah, I said dad is fine then, right? He's okay? Okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.
He's showing me these new fuckers that's for real killing. Well... Mm-hmm. 